Everybody, welcome to another session of the Product Led Podcast. I'm super excited to have Jen here, VP of Marketing at Reprise. And we are going to be talking about product led and how that applies to enterprise marketing. But before we do, Jen, how are things with you today? Things are going really well. It's a sunny day in Seattle, which is not always the most common. And uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation. For sure. And it's funny, it's the other way around here in Toronto. It's uh, cloudy and rainy. So maybe things have flipped flipped around <laughs> where it's usually sunny now in August, uh, in July here in Toronto. But it's really fascinating. Yeah. Before we go on, I am super excited to announce the last cohort of the Product-Led Growth Certificate Program that's happening for 2021. Now, master Product-Led Growth this November. This four-week live cohort program will show you exactly how to build a software that sells itself. We'll be going through some actionable frameworks that just works and will really help you accelerate the growth of your company. Through the program, you'll have opportunities to connect with high-caliber peers so you don't have to go through the product-led journey on your own. You'll be able to meet with experts who can really answer the toughest question you have about product-led growth. If you're ready to become a product-led growth certified professional, apply now at productled.com. Now, enrollment closes on Monday, October 25th, 2021. So hurry, apply now. The seats are first come, first serve. I'll see you there. Before we jump in to talk about product-led, I just love asking things that is outside of product-led first. For people to get to know you, you said you love, you really love into a wine. You love hopping down from Seattle to uh, the, the Valley for some good Pinot, so to speak. So I have yes. to ask you, uh, what is your favorite wine right now? Let's say it's like end of day. Oh. It's your go-to. If you're asking about my go-to, I do love my Willamette Valley Pinots and I would probably choose, you know, it's interesting because we've been getting, I'm sorry, I'm giving you too long of an answer here, but I love Domain Serene Wines. It's one of the vineyards down there. And we've recently gotten some of their library wines of their Yamhill Cuvée, which is actually their lowest end of the reds. And yet it is drinking really well right now. So I've been loving that one. Although that is a hard question. Hopefully the hardest we'll have today. <laughs> For sure. I mean, we were just joking beforehand with this. It's like choosing who, which one is your favorite child. And that's definitely not a fair question <laughs> to ask anybody. All good. All good. Well, let's jump right in. And I want to jump right in to talk about product-led growth, yes. uh, that term itself. Somebody told you recently that it's premium. I actually had somebody else tell me on LinkedIn that it's, well, just premium. And that got me going. And I'm sure he got you. So can you talk a little bit about that first? I used to say that myself. Yeah, yeah, totally. But actually up until a year or two ago, I used to joke about it. And every time I I said product-led growth, or as we used to call it, freemium. And actually that's not really, it's so fascinating. So, so my career, I've had a lot of marketing leadership roles, but including going pretty deep into product marketing. And you would think that with a background in product marketing, I would not have been quite so sarcastic when I talked about product-led growth, right? You would think that here I was, somebody who literally specialized in using my product in marketing. And yet it took me a little while to catch on to this. And it's suddenly the light dawned and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to sell a product. Why am I not using that product to grow my company? Why am I not using that product in sales and marketing? So for me, product-led growth has gone way beyond, can I swipe a credit card and make it happen? And it's gone all the way to, well, if I'm not using my product in selling my product and in trying to grow my company, I'm probably doing something very wrong. (laughs) 
that makes a ton of sense, right? If your product is great, <laughs> which is the foundation of good marketing before, like before you do marketing, hopefully the product is great is, is you should be definitely using it to get people to yeah. experience it. And is that, is that now, mm-hmm. that's how you now see it? Yeah. But going, you said if your product is great, I would almost argue, even if the product isn't great, you should still be using it because you are trying to sell it. But in marketing, sometimes we look at ourselves like we have to make up for a crappy product, right? And all that guarantees you, in, especially in the SaaS world, is a good churn rate, right? However, if you actually use your product and get people to experience your product in real life, or at least as close as you can. Some products are harder than others. Um, honestly, you'll decrease your turn rate, which is phenomenal because they get what they expect. They pay for what they expect. And that is, that's how to grow. And that's how to keep growth going. And you're not thrashing around trying to figure out, oh my gosh, our product's awful. How do we keep people from churning? Instead, it's like, oh good, I've managed their expectations and they know what they're buying. So they stay. I love that you, you tied it back to retention. I think that really is critical. Uh, and you know, people experiencing the value, then they, they will stick around for it. Mm-hmm. I want to shift gears and talk about enterprise marketing. And that's the other thing that I get all the time. It's like PLG can't apply to right. enterprise and a product like it's anti-sales, which is like, oh my goodness, please. What are your thoughts around how enterprise marketing <laughs> can tie in really well with this whole product-led go-to-market approach? Yeah. So I've been thinking a lot about that. Obviously, at Reprise being a, you know, a platform for product-led growth, I have to think about like how do I talk to my peers, right? How do I talk to enterprise marketers that I've sold to and marketed to in my previous jobs? Because I think right now, exactly what you said, they're saying, oh, no, 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 we can't do it. And so they're, they're ignoring it. As an enterprise marketer, like there's a bunch of objections, right? My product is too complex. We don't have the internal resources. We sell to a big buying committee. And I'm sure a thousand other objections that I'm completely forgetting. However, the way that I've come to look at it, and I'm hoping that others and the enterprise marketers are coming to look at it is you should actually look at your product almost as another channel right? We talk about MQLs, marketing qualified leads. In other words, people who've done enough stuff with our marketing content and and various other initiatives that we think sales can sell to them. Well, what if you've got a lead that has done enough stuff in your product or in a a product tour or demo environment of your product? So now they've given enough usability signals that sales can sell to them. So you can honestly look at your product as a performing channel, especially when it comes to middle of the funnel or bottom of the funnel content. And as product-led becomes more and more of a movement, there are more and more tools to make that easy for your more complex products, right? And so you're no longer stuck with whatever your product team can develop. Instead, you can really look around and say, oh my gosh, just like 10 years ago, I just got to know marketing automation and that changed my life with my digital channels. Well, now we can talk about product-led growth and the ecosystems that's building out there and you can get a lot more out of your product channels. That makes a ton of sense. I mean, you, you're talking about tools already a little bit. Can you share some of the tools that you're seeing, like what maybe you guys are using at Reprise and other way to make this motion easier and frictionless? Okay. Well, that's a hard question to answer because I try not to sell my own product on these podcasts. I'm like, hey, I stepped right into that one. I'm trying to be fair and even balanced and things like that. 
But also you can actually look at a bunch of traditionally CS oriented things, right? So when I was at HubSpot, we, and I was on the CS team, we looked really carefully about how people were using the HubSpot platform, which sections they used and how they used it. And we used various, you know, CS tools to track that. And by doing that, we could see, are they a churn risk? Are they a this? Are they a that? So those tools that give you the signals well, well, if you've got the signals, then you roll them into, honestly, a marketing grade, right? You can basically say, okay, well, if they've touched this and that and seen how our Salesforce integration works, then I'm going to give them a grade to put them over the fence to sales. So you can actually think about products and platforms that your company already has in your product as ways to get marketing signals if you can open it up you know, in a pre-sales fashion. I love that. We'll get to you you're talking about reviews later, but thank you. <laughs> it was like, hey, I'm trying to be useful here. <laughs> you talked a little bit about product marketing and you got dig into that yes. a li- little bit. Can you explain how, so we talked about marketing, how does product, particularly product marketing now work within a product-led sales motion? Right. Well, in theory, that we should become a lot more important than we were before. No, okay. <laughs> but, and, and I should be more even-handed since I'm, I've been ahead of marketing and not just ahead of product marketing for several years now. But it's fascinating because product marketing has always worked cross-functionally. Like the way that you can describe product marketing is it's where sales and product and marketing all meet, right? As you're developing personas, as you're doing product messaging, like those are things that all three of those teams need to use. They need to use and they need to give you input into. If you're talking about growing through your product, now you've got your product really front and center, right? Some sort of product experience, whether it's a product tour, a demo, you know, uh, an instance that you can actually just log into an account or, you know, traditional freemium, you've got your product front and center, right? The main call to action on your website is no longer download the white paper or request a demo. It's log into my product, right? And as such, product marketing messaging then becomes that much more important to companies. And so that's where I really see product marketing going is it brings us, brings product marketing a little bit more into the spotlight because suddenly you can tie it a lot more to your revenue, right? You're growing your company through your product and what they're doing becomes that much more important. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Like that makes a ton of sense that product marketing is more on the spotlight because like you you really have to now you your website, your messaging is now taking the role of an SDR essentially. Is that how you you're seeing it where like you're essentially qualifying people to your product and explaining the product if their messaging is confusing, then it's it's going to be hard for people to actually <laughs> sign up and experience the product. Is that how exactly you you're seeing? It? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you say SDR because that actually goes back to when I was talking about your product becoming a channel, right? So a lot of times you look at your SDRs or BDRs or LDRs or whatever you call them as an outbound channel. And then you look at other things in marketing signals as inbound channels or as paid channels. And so, yeah, product marketing almost becomes the lead of your product channel. I really love that. Uh, You were talking a little bit earlier about uh, gathering data and PQL for your business. Now I'm not talking about tools now, but like, what are some ways you're thinking about that within maybe reprise or like what? And then as well, what are your tips? What are your tips around that for for other people who are tuning in? So, I mean, step one is, hey, do we already gather product signals? Which is a great question for your product team. And by the way, if you're not talking to your product team and you're considering product-led growth, I can tell you right now that you're doing it wrong (laughs) because you need a product for your product-led growth. And then are we getting signals? How are we using those signals? 
And then it becomes, where does the data live and how do we need to pull that in? So many of us need to figure out a bridge to pull that into our marketing automation platform because that's where we're grading our leads. And so the beautiful thing is now everything has APIs. Half of the products on the market probably use your CRM, which is likely Salesforce as the system of record. And so it becomes like, okay, chances are these signals already exist in your company. How do you then pull them into marketing in order to bring them from a product and CS oriented function into like basically a lead grading function? That's exactly how I see it. You know, your product is now grading the quality of your leads. Like if they've done more stuff within your product, then that's when, I guess that's a good follow-up question is when that's product-led sales motion Mm -hmm. for you guys, how are you thinking about like when the sales reach out? Because too soon would be like, ah, oh my goodness, you just run away because you annoy them too late. They're already out the door. I just signed up for your product. What the heck? What's this phone call? Right. Right. And the other end, it's too late and they're already like already out out of the door. Right. Well, that's an excellent question. I think for every product, it's a little bit different. Some of us in trying to go more product-led growth and less traditional gated content, like I'm more likely to throw you into a product tour without requiring your email address. But when to throw that over to sales, like you'll start with a theory. I think that if they viewed these three pieces of the product and the Salesforce integration, it is time, right? Because now we've actually gotten some of our qualifying questions answered, right? Because these signals can answer your qualifying questions. They viewed the integration with this product. Well, having this product is one of our signals, right? So you're going to have to start with basically an assumption and yeah, don't wait until they're fully out of it, but do say, okay, we need them to touch these three things and then we'll reach out. And honestly, you should probably also look at it as, you know, for years and years and years, hey, you need to call them right after they submitted a form, right? You need to call them, you need to call them. Well, I hate to say it, but the same for the product because you want to call them, you want to, or or email them or pick your channel, right? When your product is top of mind, but when they've done the signals, right? So not right when they sign up, but when they've looked at the things and you're fairly confident, that you got them hooked. That's another, yeah, another great point. Harvesting is, I, love, I still love that word. It's like, I think, <laughs> that, was, that was a mistake. No, 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 but it's, that, uh, I did not mean to say that word. It's not, it but really yeah. isn't because it comes to mind of nurturing and planting yeah. and taking care versus uh, yeah. mercenary, on the other hand, is hunting. <laughs> if you had hunting, <laughs> okay. hunting for users. Good point. So I, I do, I love that you're harvesting when they're ready, right? You got to make sure to harvest them yes. when they're ready. Versus, actually, versus to take that metaphor and actually break it. But when you think about it, so you've planted the seeds with your brand stuff, right? And then you've watered them with your product messaging. And then you're just waiting for them to grow, which I guess would be use the product. And then you can harvest it. There you go took the metaphor and broke it, but uh, it almost works. I love it. In terms of companies who are thinking about becoming a little bit more product, maybe they're a little bit, they're sales right now, the traditional where they have requested demo. What kind of advice would you give to those people who are tuning in right now around how to apply product led into maybe their marketing, product marketing, or CS? Right. So... I think you kind of you're getting to a really interesting point, which is sales is accustomed to a certain flow. We get our leads here. We get a demo request there. And it can be hard for people in sales to say, like, but now what? Right. 
And so I would encourage several things. One is talk internally. Product-led growth isn't just a marketing thing. It's not just a sales seat thing. It's not just a product thing. It is highly, it's probably the most cross-functional thing you can possibly do in a company because you are going to market with your product. And so engineering is building and product is thinking and CS is supporting and sales and marketing are obviously a big part of that. So talk, make that happen. And then I would say baby steps. Like maybe you actually just start with a product tour on your website, right? Maybe that's all you do. And people might be like, oh my gosh, but what if competitors see it? Honestly, your competitors are seeing your product anyhow, quite honestly. Like don't be under any illusion that somebody hasn't stuck them a recorded demo. I can guarantee they've seen your product. I've been in marketing for too long and I've seen too many things like this. Just give up. Anyhow, back to my topic, however. So maybe you just start with a product tour on your website as your product team actually start getting things ready for people to be able to log into a demo instance, right? You might not have that right away. And then when you harvest that email address, whether that's pre-product tour, post-product tour, or when they sign up for the demo, have it go through the usual steps for your sales team so that they're expecting it. And yes, tag it as a product qualified lead so that they start to value those and jump on them faster. Because I can almost guarantee you that a product qualified lead is going to outperform a marketing qualified lead every time. However, do their usual process right? Fill out the normal fields in Salesforce from your automation system. Don't do things that scare your sales team. They're out there, they're grinding, they're working super hard and they will eventually come over and be like, yes, my product qualified leads are my most qualified leads. But as you're bringing it in, follow the process that they know. I love that you you kind of laid out this process already for, for people who are, <laughs> who are checking this out. I mean, it's. I think it's time. Let's talk about reprise and how you, that is helping. <laughs> that is helping. That how that fits into the journey. Can you talk a little bit about reprise and, you know, who are the ideal people who can really use that and get the most out of it? Right. Right. Well, it's really fascinating because we played two places really well. And there's the one that actually spoke to my soul when I came in. And I'll tell you a little story here. And, and that to me is when I was a product marketer, I was doing a big launch for a conference. And my product and dev team was late. And I was just like, please, anything, something demoable for this big conference. We've already pre-announced it. Like we have to launch it. We're committed. And I just need something demoable. Oh, and by the way, I do need it a week in advance because I have to trade the 20 AEs we're bringing to the conference. And we did get it done, but it was hard. There were buttons we could not click. There were things that we could not do. It was literally at one point, I'm like, don't click there. The funnel is upside down. It was a long story. Don't click there. There's a big black bar. And so for me, so what Reprise does is it kind of fixes that. And it does so by effectively capturing your product and then giving you the ability to fully customize it. And it can capture your product in a dev environment, right? So unlike when I needed a full instance to be stood up for the conference, I could have easily used, we call them replays. And then the button that they couldn't click, I could just delete. So I think product marketers, because having been one, it speaks to my soul, can use this demo platform. Effectively, it's a no-code or low-code demo platform. I love it. I should have started with that, but you know, I was very <laughs> excited about my story. No, no, it's great. Yeah, I love that story. And it really, that, that last piece, it kind of wraps it up in a bow. Like it really yeah. can help a lot of people do no-code demos with showing value of yeah. the product before they even sign up. Yep. And... Where can people find out about it? Is it reprise.com or is there another place? <laughs> it's getreprise.com. And 
we're a brand new marketing team. I've actually been here uh, almost exactly a month and we're about to have a product tour on our website. That's actually the marketing use case that's great is the product tour um, and being able to say, hey, click this, hey, click that. And, you know, coming soon or coming at some point, you know, or if you take a demo with my, my sales team, they'll customize your demo environment. They might actually show you a demo of your own product if you have a free version. And it's kind of a, it's a neat little platform. So obviously I would love everybody to come to getreprise.com and check it out. And honestly, I would also love feedback. Like if you don't understand my website, I would like to know about it because as I said, we're a brand new marketing team. Product-led growth is, is only just getting big. And so I think as an industry, we're even figuring out how to talk about it. I just like feedback personally. I love it. And so people can check that out. So for you, where can people find out more about you online? Are you on Twitter, LinkedIn? Do you have a newsletter? I am. I don't have a newsletter because this whole running a marketing team thing seems to suck up a lot of my time. But I am Jen Steele nearly everywhere. That's J-E-N-N-S-T-E-E-L-E. And actually, um, Twitter or LinkedIn, best places to find me to give me feedback about these things. Awesome. Well, Jen, thank you so much for your time. I really, really do appreciate it. Thank you. This has been super fun.